Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. My name is Dandy Francesco. I am the Deputy Editor of Cellside Technology. And back again, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, U.S. Editor Anthony Malikian. Uh, you know, I'm sorry to disappoint the fans in case they thought Wei Shen was going to be back uh, for a second go, but we'll have to wait till the next time she's uh, over here in the U.S. or we're over there in Hong Kong. Yeah, I'm sure everyone will be very disappointed not to hear uh, Wei Shen, but instead to hear your uh, your voice. But my ramblings. <laughs> your ramblings, but we will... Uh, we will move on and we will power through. Uh, Wei Shun did a great job, but as always, I'm happy to have my, my co-host back, my partner in crime. So to that point, my partner in crime put out a great piece um, for me specifically because it went on sell side. It also went on, it, you know, <laughs> which is great uh, about turrets, trading turrets, and uh, more specifically about Cloud9's uh, communications app and Eclipse, a brokerage, uh, Eclipse International. Um that specializes in OTC options and futures in the commodity space that went to Cloud9. And it kind of goes through, it's really great because it goes through kind of the entire use case from start to finish, kind of the different technologies they implemented. Uh, Anthony, why don't you give us kind of maybe a little bit overview and then we can kind of dive into it. Yeah, you know, I, th- I thought it was a, a pretty interesting um you know, granted, I wrote it, so obviously I'm going to be a little <laughs> bit more biased on this. Um, but I, I did think it was interesting how uh, Jesse DiPlacido, um, he's a partner at Eclipse International, um, he just kind of went through how they moved away from using turrets. Uh, he, he says, and we, I, I've kind of handed this story a, a bigger feature off to uh, our reporter, Amelia David. Um, I think that this might be a larger story just about the turret space. I'd be interested to hear from uh, our listeners if they have any insights into how, you know, how the space is evolving and changing and, you know, are turrets in trouble? Cloud9 believes that they can be a major disruptor in the turret space. Um, right now, they've focused on the commodities uh, space, but they do believe that they can make inroads. Anyway, Eclipse International, uh, they were originally in the New York Merc, uh, Mercantile Exchange, the Merc uh, building, uh, and they had uh, IPC and Sintegra. They were leasing those systems out through the Merc and using those turrets. They then moved to one plaza, uh, one pen plaza, and through there they need just to get a quick turret because they didn't have any because they were leasing them out. So they were like, okay, we need something uh, that's quick and cheap. They went with speaker bus. Um, you know, Jesse said that you know it's still pretty penny that it cost them. Uh, they had been using this whole time uh, Cloud9 technologies as its communications as a communications app, but they still needed a turret. Uh, Cloud9 uh, has just released a gateway that allows you to bridge um, your turret into the app, basically. So you don't necessarily need, before you would you'd use Cloud9, but you had to be speaking to another Cloud9 uh, user to be able to use it like a, a proper trading turret. Um, but if they weren't a, cloud, a client of Cloud9, you know, then you had to just use your, your regular turret. So this bridge, this gateway will now allow non-users to get set up and that you'll be able to communicate with uh, them just as easily. Uh, Eclipse uh, was able to remove 15 of their uh, turrets. Uh, Jesse said that, that they don't use any more turrets. Um, and th- on average, because it can cost between 60 and $500 per month for turret, you know, depending on the connection and where the bridges and how many bridges are needed and stuff like that. So, 
basically what he found is that by eliminating 15 turrets, uh, Clips was able to save between $2,500 and $5,000 per month. Um, and that it's also helped with disaster recovery because they're now more mobile. And it's helped with uh, certain regulatory reporting processes because all this information is now being kept from one spot instead of them having to bounce around between uh, their turret and then uh, the Cloud9 app and etc etc so i thought it was a pretty interesting look at what they're doing obviously um this kind of solution i don't know that'll be appropriate for everyone um there's a reason why ipc has been such a strong player in this uh, space why uh, uh siemens why ip trade um Sintegra, these kind of firms uh speaker bus you know they're, they're all they all have plenty of clients too so it will be interesting to see though going forward if this is going to be a sign of things to come that other uh um that other firms are going to look to get rid of these big bulky um phones that they have these big turrets um at their even though they've gotten smaller in recent years but are they going to look to get rid of them off their desks to cut down on the cost because these t1 and t3 lines can be quite costly or are firms still going to be worried about the quality of sound the the um what do you call it when uh just to make sure that it's always connecting make the reliability of it um these are the questions that are going to have to be answered um but this is a, i think an interesting look with what uh clips is doing and jesse uh he said that it's it's his dream that you know he wants you know he hopes that all his clients and everybody else just moves away from the cloud or from these uh, turrets to uh, more modern technologies toward more cloud-based technologies. And Cloud9 is using uh, WebRTC, which is, you know, uh, was created by Google and it is an interesting new kind of technology. So it's, we've seen in everything else, cutting edge technologies being disruptors um, to legacy systems. Trading desks don't like to move toward cutting edge technologies quickly when it, you know, unless it helps in their trading strategy. But for all the other, the 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 mainframe, the hardware stuff, yeah, it's fine. As long as it works, they don't really care. But now people are becoming a lot more conscious about the cost. So I think that that's, it'll be an interesting space to look at going forward. Right. I mean, that's, I think, a theme a, a theme we've seen across the board is that when you can, wherever you can cut costs on these back office type infrastructure type things, if you can lower the cost and make it a little bit cheaper for you, you're going to do that. And I think... From from my perspective, and maybe I'm completely wrong, if it's if it's the if the the quality call, meaning the actual voice quality, is eighty percent is good, but they can save money. It's reliable. I think reliability is the most important thing, and I think compliance is the most important thing. And I saw I don't remember the exact point, but it still kind of meets up with all the regulatory requirements that they need. I think those are the two biggest things. You know, maybe you disagree, but I think those are the two biggest things that triggers. They want to make sure the call's not going to drop off, and they want to make sure they're not doing anything. If that that call starts dropping off, I mean, like we've, you know, Dan and I, our company, we've moved toward um, a new kind of uh, communication system. And while I find that the handheld phone is great, I'm not a big fan of making calls through my computer, which you can do, which in theory seems kind of awesome. But all the time, you know, when I tried using it in the beginning, calls were dropping off that starts happening it's dead in the water and it won't matter um but obviously that will be the, the decider i think i agree with you and then just make sure that you are being able to handle the regulatory challenges and then make it cheaper but also you can bet that you know companies like ipc and stuff like that that they're going to be making you know that 
they'll be they have the money to kind of be able to adjust the ship a little bit too. I think. Oh, I'm sure nobody's sitting there with their uh with their sitting on their hands, kind of just saying, "Oh, we'll wait out the storm. We'll see how it goes." Um, you know. Well, the interesting is maybe is there an acquisition in the future? Is there a purchase? You know, if you can't Usually beat them, these things kind of go. If you can't yeah. beat them, buy them. Um, <laughs> but I mean, five thousand dollars a month—that's nothing to sneeze at. I'm no mathematician, but I did the math. That's sixty thousand dollars a year, Tony. That's a lot of money. What I would do for sixty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's a it's. I think it's eye. It's going to be eye opening for a lot of firms. And this is the way. Like you said, this is the way firms are trending. Any way they can cost, any way they can kind of tighten up the back end, they're going to do it. So, I think I think it's interesting stuff. Uh, speaking of impact of you know everyone. Uh, <laughs> that was an awful transition, but yeah, last week or two weeks ago, you were so good at your. Transition I'm not on my game. Week. I'm not on my game this week. But Dan's leaving for vacation basically uh, very soon, and so he's uh, he's ready to check. My out. mind is on the beach. My mind is on the beach. My feet are in sandals, but just you know, my body physically, I'm still required to be here. So I'm I'm plugging away and I'm pushing through. But uh, before I go, the cat, right, SIFMA, uh, everyone's favorite industry member group, released a uh, comment letter to the SEC right under the deadline. It was right before the 60-day comment or the 30, whatever the, I think it's 60, the 60-day comment period is. Um, they got one in right before, uh, basically really just criticizing the SROs, criticizing the, the exchanges and FINRA, and uh, calling for the SEC to really resolve a ton of issues before approving the NMS plan. Uh, for the uninformed, uh, I'll give a quick summary. The CAT is a massive database. It's going to track uh, trading activities uh, for equities and options. And uh, the plan was sent out for public comments uh, a few months ago. And the comment window just closed. And the biggest, so the biggest problems that they have uh are around elimination of systems, cost and funding, data security, implementation, implementation timeline, governance, data use, and operational issues. But what this really comes down to is this letter is essentially calling out this, the SROs who are in charge of putting together the plan, which are, like I said, the exchanges in FINRA, for not taking advice or input from the broker-dealers. Uh, you know, the, the, the most telling quote is, Right here, uh, this is from the comment letter. Uh, the SROs did not incorporate meaningful input from broker-dealers or through the Deve Development Advisory Group, DAG, on several several critical policy issues. In the plan, the SROs discuss at length their incorporation of broker-dealer feedback, but on critical policies, the, the lack of collaboration with the broker-dealers has led to some intenuable proposals in the plan that unnecessarily favor the SRO at the expense of the broker-dealers. I, the, that that sums it up right there. I think that's the the entire comment letter. I mean, we don't have to get into, I don't have to get into specifics about you know what specifically they're angry about. Like I said, a lot of it is funding. They basically want the broker dealers to pay for everything. A lot of it is eliminating oats. That's the big one that that oats is gonna no longer be needed once the cat is up and running. And they're unhappy with how long they want to keep it up and running. Couple other things about data security, and but the biggest thing is they don't have any voting rights, and they're pissed. And I understand where they're coming from. Uh, on the other hand, what do you expect from the SROs? The SROs and FINRA, 
they're prisoners digging their own ditch. Uh, you know, the SEC is basically saying you need to build this thing that's going to disrupt everything that is going to cost a lot of money. Uh, so they're taking their time. And you know what? If they can build out the plan, sure. Instead of us paying for it, let's have let's put the cost on the broker dealers. There's a lot more of them than there are of us. Uh and so that's kind of, I really put the blame on the SEC. The SEC, I think when this first came out, when this first was talked about in like 2010 or something, that was when the first idea, and then I think the plan got approved in 2012, it was, let's put this in the hands of the industry. The industry will dictate the terms. This will be great because they'll decide how it's going to be built and then they'll appreciate it so much more. And here we are four years later, everyone's pissed at everybody because, well, you didn't take into account what I said. You didn't take into account what I said. When you let the kids run the house, none of the chores get done. When the in- when the when the patients run the asylum, everything goes up in flames. That's my thirty thousand foot view on the comment letter. And I mean, Anthony, I know you're not as plugged into this as I am because I'm the crazy person that decided I would cover the cat like my second story in, and now I've just it's like a girlfriend I can't dump. Um, but what, do you have any questions, or what's your perspective, or what do you think? Well, first of all, like any great editor, like when you see a story come along that you're like, oh, man, I don't want to have to be the guy that's going to be trailing this thing the whole time. <laughs> you hand that off and, you know, newbie reporter say, hey, man, this is going to be a good story. You should really keep a track of this. And then you're like, great. Now we have our cat editor and now I don't have to worry about that at all. But, um, yeah, well, also, I am shocked that an industry group like SIFMA would be bitching and moaning that, you know, we they weren't listening to us this whole time. Yeah, you know, I think that that's kind of uh, that that it's it's the way it always works. The industry, the the end users, the brokers, firms are always gonna be like, they're not listening to us. This is all going against us, and they 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 kick it, they they kick and scream. And usually, it's been working pretty well for Wall Street with you know the Dodd Frank <laughs> Act. You know, sure. You look at how many things have been lessened over the course of time. Um, but I would agree with you also on the SEC's point of this. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Obamacare. Well, if you think back, um, Obama pushed forward this idea of you know universal health care, single payer um, health care, and he then handed it off to Congress to be able to put this together. Here's the big thing that we want to do. You now just kind of make this happen. And it was, and he didn't do a good job. I felt like of communicating with the people why this is important, why we need this to happen, talking all the time, really making some speeches. He, you know, just staying on top of it said he handed it off to the house and then to buy or to, uh, to congress and to biden and uh to biden becoming the spokesperson in many ways for this and it allowed the message to get shot off the rails i felt like and then you saw you know with the rise of the tea party and everything like that a lot of it stems right from that very beginning i would i would bet anything that if you spoke with president obama uh, today he would say he would have handled the discussion of this and the need for it and the communication that was happening a lot better, you know. In hindsight, with that being said, um, I still, you know, I I wonder if I'll still be working here when this thing still actually is implemented and up <laughs> and live. I still got to get this finalized and built and everything like that. So yeah, that's I have my doubts. Yeah, the timeline. I mean. You know, it's funny, uh, back in, and I talked about this, back in May, I was at SIFMA Ops, and there was a whole panel that ended up writing, I ended up writing a uh, feature on about the cat and the hurdle still, and you could kind of feel the passive-aggressive tension and and hate that there was, you know, between the broker-dealers, there was a guy there from the SEC, there was someone there representing the, there was someone there from Deloitte representing the, um, 
the SROs, and you kind of feel like, well, this timeline's not going to work, and this isn't going to work, and this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's like anything in this industry. It's somewhere in the middle, right? The the SROs probably did take take feedback from them. Did they take all the feedback? No. Should they have taken all the feedback? No, not necessarily. But they pro- should they probably take it more? Sure. Um, but I think, like I said, I think it still comes down to the regulators. You know, you try to pass this off and this is, you know, you've made your bed and now you have to sleep in it. So here we lie. This this is not going anywhere. This is not going to just get out of the way anytime soon because once it is approved, whenever that is, then there's the whole process of the compliance. Uh, to be honest, I'm a little surprised more people aren't talking about this or worried about this. I'm guessing they just think, well, it's not going to happen for a while, so whatever. But this will have a huge impact on the industry, uh, especially how regulators view the markets, you know, the equity market, um, and how the equity market is reported to because it's going to be this massive, you know, database of all this data. So. A lot still remains to be seen, but that's that's regarding the cat. Uh, I guess the last thing, since it's everything that everyone's been talking about, the RNC. Um, what are your what are your thoughts so far? A lot of different directions we can go. We can go in ten crews, passive aggressively, not fully supporting Trump in his speech. No, no, no. I, I got. Well, let's start there because. I can't stand Ted Cruz. You know, I, I lean Republican. I tend to vote Republican. Ted Cruz was. Him and Trump were the two guys that I did not want to win. You know, when when you had twenty some odd or whatever it was, seventeen, you know, candidates up there on stage, those were the two I didn't want up there um, the most. And sadly, here we are today. But I was impressed because after he stepped down, yeah, you know, I, I think I tweeted something to the lines of, you know, after what he said about your wife, after what he said about your father, you can't go up there now and endorse him and be like, well, it's for the good of the party and all that. No, have some principles. Republicans always like to talk about we're principled, we're leaders, we're generals. I haven't seen a lot of leading. I haven't seen a lot of. I've seen a lot of people, you know, Rubio in the hallway. Yeah, I give him my support and stuff like that. Please give me a break. So uh, I understand and I agree. Trump said awful, horrible things to Ted Cruz. I wouldn't expect him to want to endorse him in any way. Then why make a speech? Then why go up there? <laughs> I like that even more. It's just to say. No, I I am still a leader in this party. You can't, you're not allowed to be elected as the, as our nominee without my voice being heard on it. You're going to, these people will hear my voice on this and what I have to say. I respect that. I think that that's fine. So you Um, think he comes out with a plus after the RNC? I think so. Because again, I fully believe that Trump, Trump is going to get slaughtered in this election i love these polls that say it's close and everything like that go read 538 go look at go look state by state again this isn't a popular vote yay or nay this is show me how a republican can win when they're polling at 12 percent, 14 percent. i think the wall street draw at it amongst hispanics no republican has won with less than 30 percent um in the past 30 years you have to have at least 30% of the Hispanic vote. Otherwise, how are you going to get Florida? How are you going to get states like Ohio, Pennsylvania, Colorado? How are you going to do it? Show me the electoral math where he can win when you're going to have sagging women's support, no independent support. Show me how he wins. I don't – this is not – like, granted, to me, Hillary Clinton is a terrible nominee. Uh, I can't stand her. I, I'm going to be – doing a no vote in there um, more than likely of you know, I'll see if there's a third party candidate maybe I get behind or do a write-in vote for Ben Sass of uh, Nebraska but I just this isn't going to be a close election and when the dust settles 
those people that came out strong against Trump because they felt it was better for the long-term viability of the Republican Party will be able to mend fences. Um, might not be an immediate thing, but over time we're going to see, okay, you know what? These people were trying to protect the long-term viability because you ain't going to win future elections if you keep on just destroying Hispanics. You know, women's rights, all these different things. You have all the, you turn this into a nasty, nasty party. Guess what? Every single kid that's 18, 19 years old, they're going to see it, you know, and they're going to be, they're going to be wary of ever voting Republican. Sure, but don't you think now after, if it is a debacle, like you say, and if Trump gets hosed come election He's day. going to get hosed and they're going to lose the Senate too. Okay. If all that, that's my prediction. If all that happens, don't you think they nuke the candidates that were all because none of you guys could step up and be Trump and just try to look go look to, to new blood or different type of blood. Do you really think after all this, if Trump gets hosed, people are going to look back and say, well, Ted Cruz didn't get behind him. He didn't 100% endorse him. Maybe he, he stood on his laurels. He's our next, you know, come, uh, what would it be? Come 2020, that's a guy we can get behind. Yeah, who know? I used to know the Republican Party so well. You know, there's always a simple part. There was always unity in the party. Like, you know, once they decided who the guy was going to be, everybody got behind sure. him. But the Tea Party has kind of torn that whole idea apart. Um, so I'm not 100% sure. I, I think that Cruz views this. He understands that this is going to be probably – that there's a good chance there's a train wreck here. And that he, he doesn't want to be on the side that's supporting him. Pence will never – be able to show his face in the Republican Party again after this. I don't know why he took the position. I'm not a Pence fan anyway, but it, it just makes no sense because if you have that taint just stuck to you, you're done. I, I understand. I understand everything you're saying. I just I heard that there was a fight. I heard a donor had to be stopped from assaulting Ted Cruz when he went into his suite after. I feel like you cut off your nose to spite your face. I understand what you want to stand for. I understand you don't want to back Trump. That's fine. You don't have to back anybody. Don't even put yourself in the ring now. Be like the bushes and just kind of go off quietly. Quietly and don't say anything. Because now, at the end of the day, every you know, all of these people that are at the RNC wanna want their want Trump to win as opposed to Hillary. So they want all the backing they can get. If you're not gonna play ball with us, then don't show up to the game. You know, that's the way I kind of view it. I don't disagree with what he did. I don't support Trump, but that's just that's just my two cents. Do you have speaking of two cents? I mean, you can go the other way, and then you have people like Paul Ryan making horrible sports analogies, saying, "Well, if you went to NC State and UNC makes the final, you're going to root for UNC, right?" Which yeah, just he's gets, never been down to Raleigh, <laughs> right? Which just gets booed out of the you know, or the same thing. If you, if you went to Texas A&M and you, you uh, Texas, you know, University of Texas makes it, you're going to root for Texas, right? And you have people booing him out. But uh, what do you, I mean? The biggest talk was. Uh, you know, the potential future first lady, well, not in your eyes, but Melania, 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 Melania Trump and uh, the plagiarism. And then the next day, what was it? It was plagiarism, but then it turned out to be self-plagiarism because the speechwriter copied himself. Um, F.H. Bailey or something yeah. like that. Well, maybe somebody's fault. The whole thing there is, first of all, it's the first lady. I'm going to let that kind of stuff slide. You know, it's not the VP. It's not the president. Um not only the first lady, uh, someone that English is not their first language. Too. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, so I, I'm not going to dig in that hard on it. You know, I, I like, you know, these Democrats flipping out about it. Uh, there's a certain guy named Joe Biden and going to Google Joe plus Biden plus plagiarism. And you're going to find some <laughs> interesting things there. So uh, be careful with uh, what road you want to go down on that one. Um, for me, the most annoying thing has just been I can't go into social media anymore. It's. 
everybody, every, like, I, what amazes me is most of my friends are left, you know, pretty hardcore left, actually. And, like, they're sitting there watching the the Republican National Convention. Even when I was, you know, I was a big John McCain fan. I didn't watch the article. I just watched his speech at the end. You know, I don't watch these. Like, why would you sit there for hours of a party that you hate, of people up there you hate? Hate watching. I, yeah, I, I got better things to do with my life. That, and they're just sitting there tweeting and, and on Facebook, just writing this and that. Oh my God, can you believe what he just said? Get a life, my God! You're not even gonna vote for these people. What do you care? <laughs> just read about it in the morning. Pick up a paper and read. How about that? It is. It is weird that. You have all these people that just despise Trump that every time he gets on TV are more likely to watch him than when Hillary makes a speech. You know, it's it's we I've made this reference a, probably 100 times on this, but it's the Howard Stern model. It's, you know, fans of Howard Stern listen for an hour. Why? Because they want to hear what he's going to say next. People that hate Howard Stern listen for two hours. Why? Because they want to hear what he's going to say next. That's what that's what Trump's doing. I did find it amazing. How did you see how he spin the whole uh, plagiarism speech? It was the tweet was uh, if uh, if the FBI uh, uh, and the media looked in half as looked in, spent half as much time looking at uh, Molina's uh, speech as they did Hillary's emails, where would we be right now as a country, or where would she be as a candidate? Yeah. So classic Trump just spinning things as usual. Uh, I guess that I mean was there anything else from the from the RNC? I, to be honest, I was watching Mr. Robot. Best show ever. I've told you a thousand times to watch it. If you're in technology, especially financial services, watch Mr. Robot. They got to put it on to Roku, and I'll start watching it. Well, until then, whatever know. they need to do, it's it's even worth it to. We'll start a GoFundMe page to pay for Anthony to buy <laughs> buy the subscription on iTunes. It's that good of a show. If you're not watching it, please do yourself a favor and watch it. The actors are awesome, and it's just it's it's so tech heavy, and there's so many terms. I get so excited watching. I swear to God, if I see a check come in the mail from Mr. Robot and this is sponsored <laughs> content. Yeah, sponsored content. Yeah, that would be that would be something. Yeah, our next next week, our guest is. Uh, speaking of guests, we have, uh, you know, I'm not going to jinx this. I'm not going to say who. But we have some people on the pipeline, coming down the pipeline, that I'm, I'm very excited about. Uh, so, you know, keep listening. And uh, keep sending us emails if you have anybody in particular that you'd like to see on, and we'll take it into consideration. Can't make any promises. Not but. only that, we're gonna we're about a week or two away from having much better sound quality. We're we we've proven our worth. Yeah. To, to some people, and so now we might be getting some very good equipment. And so uh, we, we we hope to keep on improving and evolving this thing. Yeah, not to not to jinx this, but we do have uh, some potential uh, funding coming down the pipeline. Uh, you know, if you saw how Anthony and I were recording right now, you'd probably giggle. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we're, we have some future. We have some changes that are going to make it a lot easier for us to get out there. Maybe do some, you know, whether it were conferences or or you know wherever, do some on the spot interviews, and uh, it should help a lot with the with the quality and with how quickly and easily we'll be able to record. Because right now there's a lot of back-end stuff that needs to be done to get this thing up. We're automating a lot of manual processes. That's how you bring it full circle. That's how you bring it. That's why you're the big dog in the U.S. That's why you're the big dog in the U.S. Uh, That's it from me. Like Anthony said, next week I will not be on. We have a, uh, a special guest. Anthony has a special guest for us next week. Um, but uh, it's gonna be fun. I, yeah, but I will not be on next week. Uh, I will be sitting in the beach, so don't bother me. Don't send me any emails. Uh, but before we go, Anthony, is there anything else you'd like to say? Got nothing. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch back with you uh, next Thursday. Mm-hmm.